The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Three, two, one. Thursday, 30th of April. The Fujicast. That's enough. Yes, it is enough. Do you have any puff left? No. (laughs) Well, Kev, look. One hundred. Just lean your. Just lean your head through the through the screen there by the magic of pop. Just let me pass you something across there. There we go. Oh yeah. Happy one hundred. Lovely. One hundred episodes. It is well. In the past, what we probably would have done is we'd have been we'd have been doing some sort of outside broadcast, probably at the House of Photography or or maybe in Scotland, as was suggested recently. Wherever it would we would have been out there. But uh, we're actually in our own homes, uh, over an hour's drive away from each other, um, recording the, the 100th episode. But we got there, and in a in a in a kind of genre podcasting genre where people don't, well, a lot of people don't get past seven. We got to 100, and we should be pretty pretty damn proud of that. Yeah, I, I'm really gutted we can't do anything a little bit more spectacular, but um, <laughs> yeah, 100. 100 is good, I isn't know, it? Yeah. I, where's the, did we get a letter from the Queen? Uh, no, no. Um, Captain Tom uh, gets a letter from the Queen, but he's, he's, um, <laughs> yeah. he, he's actually managed something slightly more impressive than our 100 podcast episodes. <laughs> <laughs> in, yeah. in, and, and also, he's got number one, of course, didn't he? He's, he's got a number one record now as well. Yeah. Hey? Yeah, everybody's favourite granddad, or great granddad, or great great granddad, great 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 granddad. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've got something a bit different today. Um, we will be doing the photo challenge, the daily photo challenge. Um, I got a feeling it's probably going to be a number. <laughs> I can see whatever a, gave you that idea. I can see a pattern emerging, and um, we'll look back through last week's as well. And um, but we thought rather than um, taking questions, we'd have a show of gratitude. So is a show where we talk about um, where we where we talk about photography today? Yes, because this is a podcast where we talk about photography every every single time we're on. Um, but we're we're going to sort of wrap it around a lot of other things that we we've um, we feel thankful for and the, the gratitude that we have. Um, so some of it will be photographic. Some of it of it it's just going to be a bit left field looking at your list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just explain that about two hours ago, yeah. Neil emailed me and said, send me 50 things that you're grateful for. I need it now. Uh, no, so- I did not. I sent it at 6.15. <laughs> in the oh, morning yeah, that's that's the same thing pretty much a couple of hours ago <laughs> yeah. yeah i did rather throw that well this time yesterday when we were thinking what should we do for the 100th episode we still had no idea did we no <laughs> so the idea of this 100th podcast episode is to have a theme called gratitude because frankly we would not have a show if it weren't for those who've who've listened contributed uh, either by way of being an interviewee or maybe come to one of the traveling shows or attended one of the online mentoring courses or sent in a question or joined Joined him with the Facebook group or or the Fujicast at four group, all that stuff. We have lots to thank you for and have gratitude for. So the way it was is that Kev made a list of fifty things he feels gratitude for. I did fifty of my own. We've ended up with a hundred, of course, and we're going to pick at random subjects from that list that we're intrigued about and ask each other what they mean. We can't do all 100, of course, so at the end of the show, we'll tell you where you can find them if you're interested. Uh, and, and so that's the way we're going to do it. Okay. Do you want, uh, shall I go first? Sure. The first one I'm going to pick, uh, is of, is, it's got to be 
Gemma. Now, you cheated slightly here in that you've got Gemma's hairdressing skills, Gemma's DIY skills, Gemma's plumbing skills, Gemma. Close, <laughs> closely followed by Gemma's cheerful smile. Does she appear anywhere else on here? That's five of the 50. Well, I did. I was in a bit of a panic when I did this, and I did ask her to write down the first five. <laughs> closely followed by socks that fixed my itchy feet. <laughs> yeah, so, it was good that. What is it about Gemma? that you you you're thankful for obviously i'm not sure you should be thankful for her hairdressing skills have you shared a, a picture yet <laughs> who knew to you i look like <laughs> i look like somebody on death row <laughs> well jemba was so desperate to cut my hair yeah. and it got a bit bouffant over the over the last five weeks or so right. bouffant is that the right word yeah and uh, so she did. She sat me down last night in, in, you know, she might as well have strapped me into a wooden chair and put electric pylons around my legs. Right. And she got her, her, her um, or my um, beard trimmer out. Oh, you did it with a beard trimmer. Oh, She that... stuck it on number one. Right. And off she went. And about an hour later, I stood up and I nearly fainted. Well, when you sent me the picture, I've been watching uh, Louis Theroux uh, in that big Alabama um, High Max prison um, oh, documentary. Yeah. And I was thinking, good God! That's what Gemma said. She said, oh, oh Arizona, like not Alabama. Arizona, Ari- <laughs> Arizona, not Alabama. Sorry, what did Gemma say? She thought... She said, I feel like one of those prison officers when you first come into the, into the, into the prison. Oh. oh god and yeah I'm feel, i tell you what though i feel i'm a better stone lighter yeah you see yeah. it should be made illegal that if you have hair you should not be allowed to trim it off you see people like me that don't have hair on their head um look at people like you and think no 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 kev no <laughs> obviously there are there are circumstances where people do want to shave their head and i get that uh, but yours is not one of them. And get the dog started eating the hair on the floor as well. <laughs> God, he's cough, coughing up hairballs today then. <laughs> so what is it that's, that's best about Gemma then? Hairdressing skills, DIY or plumbing? <laughs> Definitely not a hairdressing skills. Or her cheerful smile? No, everything about her. Um, I think it's fair to say that she pretty much saved my life during a pretty rough period. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, we swapped husbands and wives and you know, that period of time. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so she's uh, she's the thing that tells me what to do. She's the uh, uh, the anchor in my in my sea, so to speak. Oh, and that, and that, yeah. that's Gemma. Go on, then you can pick one. Right. This is off your list, remember, so yeah. everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick typewriters. Typewriters. All right, okay. Um, do you know that's the first life lesson I think I ever had was uh, was learning to type, and it's something that has been my kids say, Dad, how come you can type so quickly? Like that, and, and uh, you know they, they, I mean they're they're ace when they do the sort of one finger uh, thing on the screen of their their smartphones, but I can beat them every single. I can't beat them on anything else, but I can beat them on on typing. I remember my mum spending hours and hours and hours teaching me. She was a she was a, a typist in what would have been called in. Uh, they used to call them typing pools, didn't they? Mm, yeah. yeah. So Never, there's, none of them were ever near any water. No, <laughs> no. She worked for an, a big insurance company in in London, and she was in that typing pool, and and she'd be typing all day long. Yeah, and that those places, they must have been must have been really difficult in a typing pool to e- even hear yourself. So yeah, so uh, and I I remember we went through a, a big recession, and um, Dad's business really really suffered from it. And um, I was thinking about that because of this, this particular situation we find ourselves in now. And I remember it got to Christmas and mum and dad said, look, this year's a bit tricky. You're going to have to be very 
careful about what you choose. Um, really choose something that you really need, darling, not something that, you know, just just be careful. And so I, cho- I don't know why I chose a typewriter. And, um, and, and that, that typewriter saw me through um, in the days before, during the war, when we, didn't, when we didn't use word processors for sending off applications, that typewriter would have been the typewriter that typed the, uh, the letter that I sent to, to all the radio stations when I first looked for work. It would have been the typewriter that I used to get to Lanzarote, typewriter that I used to get to Radio 1, and that typewriter now is, is in the kids' room, and occasionally they bang out a message on it. <laughs> you might have to use your, t- your typewriter to get to Lanzarote again because I don't think we'll be going on any planes or boats soon. No. <laughs> and I don't mean I flew on the typewriter, you <laughs> silly sausage. Anyway, I'm going to pick one from yours. Yeah, do you know, a lot of people are surprised about this, uh, although you talk about it quite openly on the podcast. But, um, but I, I'm, I'm going to throw, before I throw some photography ones at you, you're, you, you've written, as one of your gratitudes, My Faith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect you to throw that one at me, but yeah, it's important and, and, to me. And, Fa- and Father Keegan, let's let's wrap them both into one. Father Keegan was my first kind of parish priest that I remember, and uh, he was a typical Irish whiskey drinking, really? cigarette smoking Catholic priest. <laughs> um, and he was he was a good soul. Um, he passed away when when I was uh, you know still at his church, yeah. um, but he was always very kind to uh, to everybody and me in particular. In fact, because he he helped me um, when I was at school and I was having a lot of problems in school. Um, he he kind of went into the school and spoke to the headmistress and yeah. um, helped out with a lot of stuff. So yeah, he was very important um, and generally faith. Yeah, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, and I'm not here to to kind of uh, say what's right or wrong or anything, but for me it's 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 important and and i think you know the interesting thing about it is that you know i say i the reason why i said faith rather than religion or or catholicism or anything is because faith can manifest itself in many ways you know some people um just have faith in uh, you know in their their partners or they have faith in the world we live in or they have faith in the trees or they have faith in uh, you know emotion and love or what you know whatever and that's that's the important thing i think if you believe in something then you know that will that believe in something that's good then that will that will help you throughout your life does, do, do you ever does your faith ever get challenged when terrible things happen though so I'm not particularly religious, and uh, I've used the R word. And I remember on my list I, I'd put churches uh, mm. because I found a great amount of peace in these places, despite despite vicars openly sometimes um, not necessarily appreciating us as photographers. But I find them tremendously peaceful places. But at the same time, I find them very conflicted places yeah i mean i don't it doesn't challenge me in that respect um you know such as like what we're going through now and and a lot of people and i've seen it you know a lot of people like well if there was a god he wouldn't allow this to happen um and you know i'm i'm not one of those people that you know i believe in evolution and you know everything else and so you know i think they're two separate things so ultimately you know i don't believe that there is a finger pointing down from heaven saying you will get this disease because you've been bad or and conversely i don't believe there's a finger pointing up from hell saying i'm gonna get you with this this disease but i think you know it's interesting i was speaking to somebody the other day um who i'm going to be doing a podcast a um, webinar with and he was saying that you know, he's there's some kind of ethereal thing going on with Mother Nature, you know, and, you know, it's almost like Mother Nature was, you know, we got all that lovely warm weather here at least. Mm. And uh, it was like she was going, you know what, 
I know you're having a bit of a shit time down there, but I'm going to, I'm going to cheer you up a little bit. Um, you know, and, and, and that, that can be faith in some respects, you know, you can have faith in the world we live in and that's it, you know, so I don't, I don't, I really don't try and segment it into the good and bad. Uh, All right then. Okay. So another one off your list, we have Miss Bartlett. Oh, Miss Bartlett. She was my first teacher. Yeah. Mm. You know, I don't remember many of my teachers. Um, I, re- I really don't. I remember Mr. Norbury, the art teacher. We've talked about him because he used to throw yeah. board rubbers yeah. <laughs> with amazing accuracy. And I remember there was a teacher in uh, in junior school. He wouldn't get away with this now. Who, um, who uh, Mr. Oh, I shouldn't probably say his name. I won't say his name. He, he shook me by the shoulders because I dropped a, a glass of water on the floor. <laughs> Uh, when we were we were on, a, I think we were on a, a school visit to Bath, or it might have been York. But I remember Miss Bartlett because she was the first teacher in in infant school, and you always, you know, you always remember your your first teacher, or apparently your most important teacher, and that's the person you, t- you know, their life school. She was just very gentle, very kind, mm. uh, very welcoming. She was, if I could liken her to somebody, she would be Miss Honey out of um, uh, what's that wonderful film? I think you watch different films to me. No, this is very Disneyfied. You'd love it. <laughs> Oh, Matilda. Out of Matilda. Oh, right. Have you ever seen Matilda? <laughs> Miss Honey. No. no oh, I, th- I see what you were thinking about. Get- <laughs> Hang on a minute. Don't be rude. Absolutely, Donald. Get his head out the gutter. This is Miss Bartlett, for heaven's sake. Yeah, and I, I think that that kindness and that generosity of spirit, um, I'm not sure if it's rubbed off on me for my whole life, but I remember <laughs> that, and I remember her. And I remember that making school an existence that was very palatable, certainly for the first few years. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Right, let's look at your list. Right, I've got to pick off one that's photography. Original Fujifilm X100. Come on. Well, it's a, it's an, it's a known story, isn't it? It was the, the, the gateway into the, into the Fujifilm thing for me, really. And that's led me to lots of very, very exciting places, including foreign countries and parties and things like that. Um, but mostly it's it's really did change my view on how I can take pictures. Yeah. And I think if it wasn't for that, um, and it could have been any mirrorless camera at the time, in fairness, but if it wasn't for that fact that I'd bought that camera, I really don't know whether I'd still be doing weddings. You've often said that. Really, do you think so? Were you that... What, what, what was it about the, the DSLR uh, camera that just did not suit you or your personality? I never got excited by them. I never yeah. got excited about picking them up. I never got excited about the types of images I was getting from them because I couldn't get in close enough and make those the type of impact images that I like to make. Um, so, you know, I just never really felt I could do that with the, w- what was then huge DSLRs. Of course, they're mm. a lot smaller now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I think, yeah, that was that was the thing. It came, took it to a wedding. It was rubbish, of course, in the beginning. Um, but but I knew that that was where the where my um, direction was going to go, mirrorless, and it happened to be the Fujifilm system, yeah. for which I am very grateful. Actually, Mark Horner of Fujifilm is on is on your list, and I know he I've is. gone for two of yours. Andreas is on there, of course, because he he now you have an awful lot of um, you know dealings with Andreas. But it was it was originally before Andreas, it was Mark Horner, wasn't he? Wasn't it? Was Mark? Yeah, he's, so Mark he's on was, your list. Was, was the uh, the kind of original person that, that encouraged me to to come into the fold, I suppose, in terms of the ambassador role. Um, there was also a lady called Katie Teasdale, or mm. T- Katie Ward, as she was then, I think. Um, yeah, both. The, well, Mark's moved on in Fujifilm. Katie's moved away from Fujifilm, and both of those were the ones. I remember going to meet them for the first time, and I took a little book of wedding pictures. Mm. Mm. Um, and they said, "Yeah, we really love those. Um, you know, we we would like to use some of those images, and and you know, see where we go from there." So yeah, those those two, and of course, Andreas now is 
is is um, uh, you know f- a friend and a and a helper to to a lot of people in the industry. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to pick a, a, a photography type one. Um, I am going to go for Giles. Giles. Ah. See now, did you notice by the way that you came um, uh, with Giles on, on two lines? I won't say who came first, <laughs> but, but you were both next to each other on that list of important people. Um, but Giles, ah, Dev. I mean, I've met various people in my life that have had faith in my ability, uh, and I think sometimes misguided faith. <laughs> my dad, for example, who I will mention, despite him being on the list, used to have list, yeah. what, what, I, what I might call misguided faith in listening to hours upon hours upon hours of uh, demo tapes that I used to make for radio stations when that was the industry I wanted to work in. <laughs> and bless him so patient he would make the drying up the washing up and drying up we didn't have a dishwasher or anything he'd make that last forever so he could listen to like a 15 20 minute demo half an hour demo and it's that same ability that giles has that my dad had that ability to to listen um, for hours on end and and then well give advice without giving advice does that make sense he would never change what yeah. you do but he would always listen to uh, photographically where you wanted to be and then you'd say well I can't do that and he'd say yes you can and it wouldn't be just saying stuff for, for you know how some people say no you're brilliant when they look at it and think no that's rubbish he'd, he'd yeah. be honest if he thought there was something wrong with it but it, without his faith um, in my photographic work uh, and I met him actually after I was working professionally I'd been working professionally for a, for a few years but I think I was at a stage where I was feeling uh, very much a visitor in photography and thinking well you know, well, this is all right, isn't it? But pff, I'm not really a photographer. How did you meet him originally? Um, we went to see a... He had an exhibition called Skies at the local art centre. And I think I just reached out to him. It was... It was... Uh, it was um, they, they've knocked it down. It was at the old Greenham Common Air Base. It used to be an old um, nuclear deterrent air base. And some of the buildings... I mean, the, the, the area is still there. It's now overgrown with grass and there's cows walking around it. But... But um, but there was a, an art centre there, and he was he was he was exhibiting there, and I saw his work, and I thought, wow, just pictures of skies. This guy spent two years taking pictures of skies, and I reached out, and we became fond and firm friends from that moment onwards. Really, yeah, yeah. He is a very nice guy. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah. All right, Kev, I, I'm going to go for another photography one soon, but first of all, I'm going to go for. It seems a bit self-indulgent i know but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna go for podcasting because prior to this experience 100 episodes ago to be absolutely honest you'd not really listen to a podcast did you <laughs> no i still don't listen to many <laughs> <laughs> so what is, is on your list of gratitude podcasting well in fairness that was one Gemma suggested i put on there and i thought actually <laughs> yes you're very nice. it should be on there <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> but but no it's true because it's uh, you know it's opened my eyes and ears i suppose to uh, and i don't mean myself listening to other podcasts but our uh, us podcasting um you know i think it's it's really made me kind of understand the uh, the connection of audio to people and you know especially now during this lockdown period mm. i think that you know we get um individually i know that you and i both get you know lots of messages saying thank you so much you know yeah. it's really helping and everything yeah. so i think in that context that's that's where that that kind of fits um and also i really look forward to doing it and you know the fact is you know when you're working by yourself a lot as a 
as a wedding photographer uh, or an ex-wedding photographer, <laughs> then, um, <laughs> y- you know, you, it's it's good to, to look forward to kind of going and doing stuff. And, you know, I quite like coming over to your studio and drinking your coffee and leaving my mess there. <laughs> writing on your pieces of paper and not putting the pens back and all that kind of stuff i love that and walking off with the pens i'm sure, there's, the pens, I'm sure yeah. there's less pens here whenever you leave i just take them i just throw them over the wall the next door neighbor on the way out <laughs> oh dear <laughs> okay another one off your list then we'll go a little bit wider i suppose oh, okay. in that case um a very bizarre one i thought mint <laughs> mint Oh, it's going to be a very short one, actually, and it's very easy. It's going to be really short. It's it's one of those uh, it's one of those smells from my childhood. Mum used to grow mint, and um, if I smell mint, I'm instantly taken back to being mm. I don't know six, seven, eight years old. And that's simply it. I mean, I, I'm I wouldn't say that you know I don't I don't cover my my food with mint or anything, but uh, I do like mint. But it's it's a childhood smell. You know, one of those yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah, your your olfactory sense, which yeah. is your smell, is the most memorable of them. Is it? So ah. most, if you smell something and it has a, an attachment, you will be taken back immediately. It, you don't scrabble about in your brain thinking, what was that? What was that? Generally, when you smell something that has an attached memory, you go instantly to it. Yeah, your olfactory sense is the most ah. uh, instant memory maker. Well, I nearly put down Dickie's Donuts. <laughs> instead of mint because that's <laughs> because dickie's donuts was a was a um a, well a donut stall in um in where was it swanage in dorset and um and that had a that had a most amazing smell it's like oh dickie's donuts well um, no technically you've got 51 on your list i want another one well no no i'm not not gonna put i nearly put it down i went for mint instead <laughs> I'm just going to mention Dickie's Donuts, though, because <laughs> they were amazing. Right, um, Argentina. Argentina. Uh, what a great place. Love it. Been there a few times now. Um, first time I went, I think that I'd uh, the, the first um, uh, marriage had effectively come to an end on like a Monday or something. And on the Thursday, after four solid days of feeling sorry for myself, my friend rang me up. He went, what are you doing on the weekend, Kev? <laughs> I said, hmm. Just feeling sorry for myself, I suppose. He said, Do you want to go to Argentina? And I thought, Yeah, all right, why not? So we did that afternoon. <laughs> we we got we flew to we flew to Buenos Aires. We went to watch Wales. Wales were on tour over there at the time. I managed to get some tickets from a friend of mine who was uh, Tom Shanklin, who was uh, playing for Wales at the time. So he managed to get us some tickets for the matches, and we flew. And we could we had the cheapest route we could get was we flew from Heathrow to Amsterdam. Then we flew from Amsterdam to Brasilia. Then we flew from Brasilia <laughs> to Buenos Aires. And it was something like a, I don't know, 21-hour journey, something like that, with the layovers oh and everything. God. You could have gone to Australia. Oh, it was incredible. And um, i never forget that flight between Brasilia and Buenos Aires. We were the only people on the flights. Four of us went. No, three of us went, sorry. Did that not make you feel slightly nervous? Why is nobody else the, getting on this? It was the noisiest aeroplane. Oh. It honestly felt yeah. like it, everything was just going to fall off it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was just like quivering. Um, and then we got to we got to Buenos Aires, and of course everybody's suitcases turned up apart from mine. Oh no! Um, <laughs> and so I had no no clothes. Um, yeah, and that was that was a very very fun. That was the time when my mum rang me up because she'd seen me on the telly, and I was yeah. drinking or whatever, and in the in the crowd, <laughs> and uh, my mum <laughs> rang me up on the phone. You drinking? I can see you on Sky Sports. <laughs> but then you went back to Argentina, didn't you? You went back to uh, speak on stage. 
And, yeah, and, and we so, went and, to the FDF festival. And that was bit, uh, bittersweet, though, wasn't it? Because there was part of that where you just didn't want to be there. Uh, yeah, I was struggling at the time, I think, with, uh, you know, the kids are really young and everything, and it was a week, week away. Um, so, yeah, that was that was tough. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I made a point of spending a couple of days in Buenos Aires and, and not doing anything apart from walking. And I remember going to this place, uh, I can't remember what it's called, no, cemetery, something cemetery. Um, it's got very, Eva Peron is buried there. It's, it's, it's essentially this um, mausoleum of the, the mostly rich and famous people from yeah. Argentina. And you just go in there and you walk around and these, these tombs, a lot of them are glassed fronts and you can see the coffins and wow. they go down and up and they're, wow. they're huge. I remember going there, that was amazing. Um, but yeah, I love Argentina. I love the people. I love the, the country. I love the Spanish element to it. Um, yeah, did, really did, like Argentina. Didn't you discover red wine in Argentina? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I had a lot. Of, I, <laughs> I think it's unfair to say I'd not have red wine beforehand. All right, okay. But yeah, red wine was a, a major feature. Yeah. Of that. And, and, in, Malbec. And, and in the days when you when you used to eat, I, I think oh, you oh, could yes. get a, ste- a steak and wine meal for about £1.50 or something. Yeah, that's true, actually. That first time we went, I forgot about that. We went um, and I had to, I had loads of tickets for the game, um, well, about five or six tickets. And so we just, we um, we went to this restaurant and it was like the, the, the best Argentinian restaurant you could find, steak restaurant. And um, it was, so there was three of us at the dinner table. We had three wine waiters each that just stood there you know, as attendants <laughs> waiting to fill our glasses up. Um, we went upstairs and had port and cigars on the roof terrace. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, and then we got chatting to uh, one of the waiters who, who happened to be leaving as we did because mm. they were kicking us out. Right. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, my son really likes rugby, but you know we can't afford the tickets or anything. And I just went, da-da, here's two tickets. Oh, wow. He came and picked us up and took us and because it was in the stadiums in pretty rough end of Buenos Aires. So we had to go through all of the favelas and the kind of shanty towns if you like so he he kind of took us there and made sure we got there and brought us back and everything so it was great yeah lovely place well let's have uh, another um another i think we've got time for another one each go on then okay so um i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go back to a little bit towards photography for you i'm gonna pick joe boosing ah see now i almost put down jeff askoff um, I put him down. You put put him down, and and he Jeff Askoff would be a, a massive inspiration to me. Do you remember we went to go and see Jeff Askoff um, talking? I think it was Watford, wasn't it? And he was supposed to have uh, Joe Busing talk. Do you remember that? Yeah, and it was the Icelandic air thing, wasn't it? So he didn't right, get here, yeah. and so he couldn't get there. Um, but um, I, I'd been doing a little bit of studying of Joe, and I'd, I'd seen a few um, things about him. Um, in preparation for seeing him talk with 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 Jeff, and when he didn't show, I I think I was as, I was quite disappointed. Um, however, no, it was it was a great uh, couple of days um, watching Jeff, of course. But but then um, I remember um, getting the opportunity to to see Joe when he came back over to do some talks at what would have been the photography show before it was a photography show it was something else wasn't it focus on imaging focus on imaging so he spoke there and uh, he also spoke i think in bristol as well which i think you went to as well didn't you with me yeah it was a road show wasn't it i think it was jorgensen or That's right. yeah uh, one of the album companies yeah and uh, you know listening to to joe Busing talk about photography and his passion for it completely changed the way that i spoke to customers from that day onwards um, the pitch that I now have that I pitch towards 
clients when they come here is based entirely on just the beauty of of joe's ability to talk with real passion and passion such an overused word these days but talk with real passion about photography but moreover to talk about to talk about people with more passion because that's what joe left me with he left me with this feeling that that photography was really important but actually people were far more important and that's what made him want to do photography and it completely changed the way that I approached weddings as well. Um, I'd, I'd been photographing weddings because they were weddings, but now I was photographing weddings because there were people there. And uh, and I, I, I credit Joe um, all the way down the line for that. P-Mode shooter as well. Joe, go Joe. He was, wasn't he? A bit, or he is. He's still a shooter. He is, yeah. Um, right, I'm going to pick one off, off yours. Is this the last one then? Or should we do one more each? We can keep going. <laughs> I don't know. People might have fallen asleep yeah. by now. <laughs> All right, we'll do one more. One. This is the last one. This is your one. Uh, by the way, these these lists. Should we put these lists up on? Um, and, and in fact, no. We've got to, we've got to mention something in a moment. So yes, we will be putting them up. But we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. I'm, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna talk about. I want to wrap them into one. Really. I mean, you've got Rose's baking skills and Albie's chess skills. But um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap them all in w- one lovely bundle, like like I would my kids, Jack and Thomas. You know. I, well, you, we can actually wrap them up into one lovely bundle because Rosa, it's Albie's birthday on Tuesday, and Rosa, I hope he's not listening. Uh, Albie's not listening, I don't think. Um, she's going to make him a chess cake. No cake way. that looks like a chess board with pieces. <laughs> yeah. Shh, don't say Shh. anything. Yeah, so I'll. <laughs> Albie, Albie and Rosa, I mean, they, they have been amazing, honest to God, during this. Yeah. They have been absolutely incredible. They, um, you know, Rosa, of course, Rosa's um, like nearly 12, I think. Yeah. She's in a couple of weeks. She's well, 12. Yeah, she's same, still same only as, eight. Same as Jack. Uh, yeah, yeah, Albie's nine on, on, on um, Saturday. But, you know, so there's a, subs- you know, there's there's like a three or four year gap. But but the fact that they're, you know, she he absolutely adores her and she looks after him so much. Um, so last night, for example, he really wanted to build a den in her bedroom and sleep under it. Um, and, you know, and, and she's, she's sometimes she's like, you know, I just want to watch friends when I go to sleep tonight. <laughs> Alves, do you mind? Uh, and in the end she, she caves, you know, because he, you know, they, they, they get on so well. Yeah, and yeah. the first thing I hear in the morning, honestly, it's the first thing that w- it wakes me up every day is them absolutely howling with laughter at something. <laughs> and, and that's what wakes me up every single day. What do they yeah. laugh about? What sort of stuff? Oh, I don't know. Whatever they're doing, you know. Sometimes this morning they were just laughing at me and my my new head. Um, <laughs> we go after we after Jebba did the uh, did the uh, the surgical operation on my head last night. She <laughs> she called the kid. They were asleep. She she said, "I've got to get them up. They've got to come and see." No, this. she didn't wake them up to come down and see see convict <laughs> dad. Did she? And they, they came down. Albie oh. came down first, and he he literally like nearly threw himself back up the stairs in Did shock. He? Oh my god! And then Rosa came down and, and like was chuckling away, and at that point, <laughs> Monty walked into the room, and even he double took. <laughs> he looked at me and look, looked away and looked back again really quickly. <laughs> Either way, I'm not having anything to do with that. <laughs> even Monty, even Monty or Git, as he's known these days, gave up on you. Get the uh, dog. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the kids, they've, they've been great, you yeah. know, and uh, I have to say we've, so far, Touchwood, been really lucky with with the way they've got on and, um, and long may that continue. Boys, boys and girls, I, I, don't, I don't know, do, do they get on better by, by default? Because I, I, I know that our, our two lads, I mean, I know that they, I know they love each other, 
but boys can sometimes be just a little bit more challenging towards each other yeah i think that's true i think i that's why i hear from other friends as well um i mean i i had a sister i had a sister who was five, five years older than me so a little bit more distance well still have a sister of course yeah. um and uh yeah we we got on really re- really well i think until maybe until linda got to kind of those mid-teenage years and then i was still only nine or ten at that time so you know we kind of drifted slightly but but uh, yeah i mean I got on really well with my sister. I still do. All right. So I think we should do this. The Daily Show Photo Challenge. Right. The, the last couple of days of this. And, and then we have a new challenge next week, um, which invites you to send in a picture um, through click at fujicast.co.uk that we can then use as the caption competition. But last week, of course, for the Daily Photo Challenge, what did we have this time last week? So last week, which was the 23rd of April, we had I asked you to take a picture of one thing, just one thing that you would grab from the house if it was on fire. Yeah. And uh, we did stipulate that pets and people were not included. No, so all they, of you that put pets safe. and people on there, yeah, yeah. You, you got it wrong. No, yeah. um, there's lots of good stuff on there, though. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, quite a lot of cameras and oh. things like that. Mm. Um, there was a box of family heirlooms from Simon Berry, which uh, included what looks like a George Cross and some uh, very nice uh, antique kind of uh, watches and everything like that. Chris O'Sullivan, oddly, the thing that he would save if his, if his house was on fire yeah. is his tripod. Tripod? <laughs> yeah, tripod. <laughs> Uh, lots of lots of guitars and musical instruments, mm. um, which is uh, you know pretty pretty relevant. Pascal Diamond, you failed miserably, I'm oh, afraid, no. because you, you said your LP collection and put a picture up of your LP collection. No, and I, uh, no, I'm guessing there's about four, five hundred yeah, no. records there. One, one. You just got to pick the one record. Just one, yeah, just one. Um, it could be Boy Bjork. Yep. It could be uh, whatever. Paul, Paul McCartney um, Wings Band on the Run. That's what I'd save. Band on the Run. Yeah, that was on your list, wasn't yes, it? it was, wings yeah. Band on the Run. Yeah. David Colopy uh, would grab his motorbike. I'm not sure if that's going to be in your house when it's on fire, though, David. So disqualified, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> I, Unless so he's I got a very, one. very understanding partner who says, yeah, Dave, bring the uh, bring the bike in. No worries at all. Park it down yeah, there. I am going to go for uh, Adrian Franklin's picture, um, yeah. which is technically one object because it's a photo album with right. lots of pictures in it. Yeah. Um, and it's his granddad's album that he made up of pictures, letters, uh, leaflets, memorabilia from his time in the army during the second world war and, uh, things like that. Memories, nostalgia. You can't replace those. Uh, Absolutely. A round of applause uh, for for that one. A very wise decision. Right. Yes. Um, so, uh, I see a theme appearing this week with a daily photo challenge. There's only two more left. Um, should I guess (laughs) what you're going to choose today? Yes. So Monday we had the number one. Tuesday, we had the number two. Yes. Wednesday, we had the number three. We did. So, Thursday. So, Thursday, (laughs) we're going to have number 100. Oh, yes. That makes much more sense. 100. You know, you see what I did there? Uh, Yes. Uh, Well, one, two, three, 100. You get it. It's because it's the 100th episode. Yeah. (laughs) Should I email you and explain? No, I did get that. Uh, okay. I was expecting 100. F- I was expecting so 100 four. is your is your theme for yes. today. Yes. Uh, a picture that uh, has something to do with 100 in it. Uh. Whichever way you want to describe it. When, well, by the way, when do the daily episodes end? Oh, I don't know. Is, is well, there a kind of rule around it that, that because everybody's lockdowns, they begin well, not everybody's, but a lot of people's lockdowns are now starting to sort of they're starting to calm down and 
and um, and and people are being allowed out a little bit more. And hours will come. Hours will come. When 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 do we just go back to Mondays? Uh, I don't know. But do you want me to tell you how many um, dailies we've done? Yeah. Since this started. Yes. Today, on our hundredth episode, will yeah. be our forty-third <laughs> episode in the daily routine. Wow. On a trot, in a trot, forty-three daily episodes, 43 one after the other, in a row. And well, do you know how I know that? Because you counted them. Because we've got a new website. I know, Kev. Yep. So, so come on then, today, spill the beans. Tell us all about it. On the one hundredth episode of the Futurecast, we have uh, taken it upon ourselves to uh, revamp the website completely. So you'll have to go to thefuturecast.co.uk yeah. to see it. Um, the most important thing to remember is that the episodes will, over time, but the, the most recent ones are already filled, will have a lot more content, such as YouTube and links and videos and audio and all that kind of other stuff yeah. it's all archived and categorized so you can click on the interview section if you just want to listen to episodes with interviews you can click on the names of the people to get to their content also you can search for anybody you want as well you can search yeah, yeah you can find a whole load more information on there and the it will be i'm mm. about to make an, an enormous decision here right, okay. it will be the only place tomorrow that you can see a picture of me with my new head <laughs> warning warning it you're is not, not going on facebook you're not seriously gonna put are you gonna put that up are you really gonna put that up online yeah. only for people who come <laughs> to episode 100 tomorrow on the fuji <laughs> today on the fuji cast website. today yes today don't give the <laughs> don't give the radio secrets away oh hold on oh no hold on hold on hold on uh, sorry the phone's across the room hold on kev hold on hold on hold on Hello? Yeah. Oh, right. You were listening downstairs, were you? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, it is on his list. Yeah, yeah. It's about two-thirds of the way down. Well, we have actually finished doing them, Gemma. You, you should... Uh, you want me to... Uh, well, it makes the show a little bit... Oh, okay. No, no, you're in charge. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. <coughs> she uh, wants one more question. Hmm. Uh, she wonders why on your list of things you show gratitude um, toward that there is um, something on there, um, uh, a girl called Sally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sally, no, Sally. Well, you know, you have first loves on your list. I did, but I didn't, I didn't name them. <laughs> well, Sally, I never loved Sally. First loves uh, were also my pets, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sally was the first girl that, um, well, you know, that... The, um, Who wants to know what, what Sally was the first girl to do? <laughs> well. Uh, nice girl. <laughs> should we move on? I think we should. See you tomorrow, Kev. We will have the lists, by the way, on the website oh, yes. also tomorrow. Yeah, best place is the, the, is the website. They won't be on that won't be on Facebook, that'll be on the on the website. See you tomorrow, Kev. Bye bye. <laughs> Sam, my mum and dad, Thomas, Louis Garvan, Jack, Father Keegan, Mum and Dad, London Welsh Rugby Club, Chocolate, Across Film Simulation, Australia, a little chat in a roof bar in Tokyo with Zach Arias, Air Travel, knowing that Bill Gates owes me money. The Beach, my faith, coffee shops, judo.